podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback, defense, tight end recommendations based on opposition matchups. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter, Living the Stream. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Living the Stream. I'm JJ Zacharyson, the late round quarterback, and as always, I am joined by my lovely co host, Denny Carter, the eighth. Denny, how's it going? The eighth. It's a lot of bragging about sex. Yeah, that say. sure is. Uh, it's, it's going well, mostly uh, because of Darren Fells. I have to say, yeah. Darren Fells really came through. And for those of you who listened last week, and you know, you're saying, what about Darren Fells? What are you talking about? We were, you know, we added him to the Patreon page, the streaming uh, post on our Patreon page after it was declared that uh, Jordan Aikens was was not going to play uh, this week, and we threw him in there and said he's a, he's a good kind of uh, you know streamer in a deeper format, and uh, he ended up what 57 yards and a touchdown, so it, yeah. it worked out. I'm in, I'm in a good mood because of that. Yeah, we had we had a good week overall. We'll get to that in a second. Um, we're gonna open up today's show and talk about the internet. Yeah, that's which is which is the the worst thing that ever happened to humanity. But it's it's up there. I mean, I, I have a I have a love hate relationship. But sometimes I I think that it's a brilliant thing that's brought us together, Denny. You know, we right, can't we true. can't we can't fully hate on the internet because we wouldn't be friends without the internet. But <laughs> that's true. But there's there's a lot of there's a lot of bad stuff. Like I was I'll randomly peruse Reddit, for instance. And this week I was perusing it and I see a post about uh, analysts, fantasy analysts who are having like down years. And in the original post, the only person that is referenced in that post is me, is JJ. And, uh, you know, it's not great to see that. I, I, I probably care a lot more about the success of like my picks and the advice mm-hmm. I give and how how my listeners fantasy teams do and perform more than the average analyst because i i i I give too many f's with too many things that i do i mean it's the truth like i'm self-aware enough to to recognize that right sure sure and i want to congratulate you on being the only fantasy analyst to have a down year so far i mean that you know that every 99.9 percent of fantasy analysts are having a great year you're not yes yes And, and like like I, the the weird thing is like two years ago I think was my worst year as a fantasy analyst and I can usually tell because my my teams are not good that year like I I, I my my leagues you know I usually do well and I remember that year I didn't do that well and it was kind of depressing and then like last year it what what I've found though is that if you hit on on, on the value on like mm-hmm. one big right. hit last year I could have done anything. And it wouldn't matter because I hit on Lamar Jackson. That's right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He was his lifesaver. Yeah. And, and the crazy thing in this, look, I, I'm not like, uh, it's whatever. I, I want to be better at my job. So I read critiques and I, I want to see like why people feel this way. So I even went on Reddit because I have an account on there because I do AMAs and stuff. And like, I went on there and I was like, Hey, can you like explain what you mean by this? Cause the original post also said that I do the retirement tweets to, to mask my bad takes wow as if like I, I, as if I, that's not verbatim but as if like i'm tweeting the retirement stuff because i had a bad take and that's my way of like coping with it but it has nothing to the retirement tweets have nothing no. to do with my takes it has to do with None. guys just not doing anything 
Right. When you when you tweeted that Calvin Ridley had retired uh, during the Packers Monday night game, you were you were not saying that because you were the only one to say Calvin Ridley was yeah. a good play. Yeah, was... right, right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it has nothing to do with like my my thing, my my takes. Uh, and then, you know, there's there's awesome people that are responding and saying, well, the only reason I own James, James Robinson in fantasy is because of JJ. And it's like, great. Mm-hmm. Like people are take, I it's fine. Like I'm not I'm not opening the show up with this. Because I'm like super, super upset and bitter. You're not and, and mad. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not mad. I promise I'm not mad. What I think is just really interesting and what it can do to even my psyche in a way is you read comments. And so I'm reading, I'm reading the comments of this post. And there's a couple of them that are like, they brought up living the stream at one point and said that we were both smug. Uh, and so, Smug, how and then, dare you? And then, and then someone else just said the only, the only post was JJ is annoying. That was it. Oh. That, that's all. That's all he said. And like, I, I, it's, it's fine. You don't have to like me, guys. Like, you don't have to like, you know, like think that I'm this amazing human and amazing analyst. All the above. I, I do think what it does, though, um, the fact that it can like. Cause, cause I care what people think, you know, I was texting a buddy of mine yesterday and mm-hmm. I was telling him about this and it's really interesting to me because when I meet people in real life, you know, I've, I very rarely have this like horrible interaction with them to the point where, you know, that like, I, I don't like them or they don't like me, or at least that's right. like what, right. what I feel walking away from the conversation. You know what I mean? Like I, I, like I get along with people. That's just that's the truth. I have friends that I've kept and stayed in touch with for years and years. I care so much about relationships. Like that's and like you're not you're not confrontational at all. I, exactly, exactly. That's that's probably the main reason is because it's to a fault, right? Like that's a character flaw. <laughs> and 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 like whenever I'm on there and I see people say JJ is annoying, these guys are smug, yada yada yada. You know, it doesn't like get to me to where I'm like depressed for a week because I have to get over that kind of stuff with the job that I do. And, you know, if my audience is going to grow, then this is just what comes with that. Right. What what I start to think about, Denny, is like actual celebrities. Yeah. Right. They have it so bad. They have it so like you don't like money does not buy happiness. I don't think to a degree like I, I think that it matters to a certain degree. But when you get to be like, a, you know, you're making forty five million dollars a year and like but. Like, I understand that take because with that comes the, this criticism from people yeah. who have no idea who you are, like as, yeah, you, as a person or anything. You get you get a taste of it and of uh, uh, just a little taste. It's the smallest of taste. I'm not trying to the, compare myself to Zac right. Efron. I'm just saying right. that like like I I've gotten that taste and it it sucks ass. Like it sucks. Right. I, and and I, I imagine like trying to be like Lady Freaking Gaga, you know, and right. like dealing with like millions upon millions of fans, and it is it, just just a little taste of it is too much. It's it's overwhelming, and the responsibility feels like strangely heavy. And yeah. I, I know exactly what you mean. I, I've I've gotten DMs from people who will who will who will say to me. Can you please speak out on this topic, whatever it may social issue, political issue? And I'm like, hold up, what? Yeah. Why, why is someone asking me to speak out on an issue? Who cares? Who cares what I have to say? Honestly, I mean, right. I, it blows me away. Like, I'm sorry, you see me as someone who could sway other people that I don't I don't see myself that way. So it is uh, it is un, uh, it's inconceivable what celebrities, real celebrities actually have to go through. 
Yeah, and I think part of the problem, I mean, definitely the problem for me is that I, I like I said at the top, like I give many Fs about like the, mm-hmm. the way that I do, the way that I perform, about things that I care about, right? Uh, about how I perform, about the way people view me and think about me. You know, I, I'm, I'm openly not someone who can just brush off like someone who, you know, doesn't care for me or, or says stuff behind my back, bad things about me because I care about my character. Like it matters to me, right? And, and the way that people are, because what I, the way that I see it is that if people feel this certain way about like the way that I present myself and and the things that I say, that means that I'm not doing a good job communicating things, right? Like, oh, I don't know. Well, well, but that, but I'm saying that's what can go through my head. Okay. Okay. Right. I mean, sure. You can think that, but that's not necessarily the reason. I mean, there are, there are people who are just straight haters who don't don't there's something about the way that, that you write or talk or something that they really hate something, you know, maybe they're jealous. Maybe, maybe there's some other underlying issue with, with, with that they have with you and they take it out by making, you know, stupid uh, threads on right. what, what, what is it called? Uh, what, Reddit, the, the, Reddit. the Reddit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, on the Reddit, right. The, the zoomers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that the, the one thing too, is that like, I always then, hate you know if i if i'm handling like a troll on twitter and i like you know just i i i I mean six years ago i would go back and forth with trolls all the time but now it's just like whatever i'll mute them it's fine uh but there are always people that then chime in and say no this is how you should have handled it you know this is this is how you should handle these trolls or this is how you should do it and and look guys i i am again i am not coming at this from a perspective of like uh uh like being so overly annoyed that I'm like, uh, bitching about it. Not, not to, I'm sorry, sorry to the kids, of course. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not coming at this from the perspective of like, you guys need to feel sorry for me. I'm coming from this, from the perspective of, I cannot imagine what it's like to have like a a very, a a rabid following. That's not, you know, 99.9% of people that I interact with on the internet are awesome. And, And the listeners of the show, they're awesome. Right. Like I, I love it. It's it's amazing. I love the relationships that we've both built with our our listeners yeah. and and our patrons and etc. It's amazing. It. Like it's it's yeah. it's incredible. But when you have that like one percent or point one percent or whatever, uh, and then you magnify your audience, uh, you know, a, a thousand, a million fold, and you're a celebrity, an actual celebrity, I can't. I, I can now understand more why celebrities go insane. Uh, right why they have breakdowns like, yeah, like actual breakdowns yes it makes total sense i get it i would i would have a breakdown if i had your twitter following <laughs> okay <laughs> forget forget about lady gaga i would if i had whatever you have ninety thousand, hundred thousand. i would have a breakdown on the daily uh so i i i commend you for for dealing with it but it is it is strange just to get a little taste of yes. what that's like it's a it's a very kind of almost surreal experience sometimes and you want to be liked everybody wants to be liked, i do okay? and, and like i'm not someone who's gonna shy away from that and like act like a tough guy no. that i don't care about what it, no i care of course i care like why who doesn't who doesn't care about what no, other people every, think about that everybody, everybody wants to be overall liked obviously we can't you know satisfy everyone that's what she said but it's it's also uh an issue where you can be open about it and say and say, yeah, I mean, like, I don't like when people don't like me or, or you can take the opposite approach and, and put on, you know, 
uh, your your tough man face and say yeah. uh, say no, I, I don't I don't care what anybody thinks about me, which is which is not which is just nonsense. Anytime anybody says that, I don't believe them. Yeah, and at least like like if you don't like me, at least don't like me for real reasons. Like if if you if you know me and you've like hung out with me or you've had conversations with me and you're like I don't like you, mm-hmm. fine. Like that's 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 a lot easier for me to accept than. You've had you've listened to me for 15 seconds on the late round podcast and you don't like my delivery. Therefore, I'm a shithead. You know, Dude, like- I, I don't I don't understand like some of the I mean, very tiny percentage of the feedback you get for, for your uh, late round podcast. The, the negative comments, I don't get it. I don't I can't even see the point that they're trying to make. Like it is a very straightforward uh, information intensive delivery. And I can't imagine anyone taking issue with it. Like it, it, it's not opinionated. I mean, it's barely opinionated. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not you're not taking shots at players. You're not taking shots at fantasy players about who they drafted or when they drafted them, whatever. You're you're just you're just saying I have a bunch of information. I'm going to give it to you as quickly as possible. And people come away with that sometimes with these crazy critiques. I don't get it. Yeah, I, look, I, I understand it. I get it. Because I, I think that that when you absorb that type of information and it is delivered in a way that doesn't resonate with your brain, really, and, and like the delivery that I... Because the delivery on that show is that it's tightly edited. I re-say things so that it can be tightly edited. Whereas this show is a conversation between me and you. And, and it's funny because this week we got a question on Twitter uh, that I was going to get to at the end, but I'll, I'll just talk about it now. Uh, it was from at gravy cakes DFS says, why does JJ sound like my dad lecturing me on the late round podcast, but sounds so much more fun on living the stream, the CD Carter 13 effect. And then someone else responds and says, not going to lie. I was pretty intimidated by JJ when I started listening to LTS. Uh, so that's funny. So like, yeah. So like, I, I get it. Like if you don't like the delivery of that show, like I'm not, I'm not sitting here being like, Give me more listens. You guys need to understand me better. Like that's not it. Right. I, I'm I'm talking at, at a human level, man. Like that's it. Like I right. like we all just need to treat yeah. each other with 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 respect, no matter what. All over. I'm guilty of it. People who who go on, you know, I'm I'm guilty of it from the perspective of like there are many times where my initial reaction when someone gets angry at me on Twitter for something that I posted where I read between the lines with how their tone is with their tweet. And I probably snark back at them. And that's a, that's a fault. That's a mistake. We all need to be better is my, my, my main point here at, you know, not just like crapping on people uh, behind the scenes. And there, what's funny is in that Reddit thread, I came back at someone and I commented and I said, well, this is what I was thinking when I said X, Y, and Z after they pooped on me and they deleted their comment. And it's like, right. like, what does that tell you? You know, like, they, couldn't what does that even, say? they couldn't even be a, a keyboard warrior right. uh, there. Yeah. Yeah. But no, yeah, we have to, we cannot be OBJ. We cannot crap on each other. That's, That's right. Yeah. Fun. We, we really, we need to get past that. Anyway, we should get past this conversation. We kind of ranted a little bit, but I, <laughs> I, I think it's important. I think it's important to always remember what you're saying online. It affects everyone. It affects me to a degree. I'm not going to like lie. I, I'm not like, like sick over it, but yeah, it's going to affect me. Uh, but again, mm-hmm. I think the greater point that we wanted to bring up is that like, you know, you can't imagine uh, yeah. what some of these people who are actually getting like crazy, crazy criticism go through each and every day. Yeah. If you're a celebrity, you have to log off. There's just no way. Yeah. You, you have to, but it's, it'd be so hard to, cause like, right. The, the reason we can't log off is because there's this like natural, like fear of, of what are people saying about me right now? 
Yeah, and also dopamine levels. And yes, is, yeah. is another thing. Yeah. Have you watched the the uh, the documentary on Netflix, the social media one? The oh one? God, I, I so I so don't want to, but I also need to. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's it's pretty eye opening. It's it's kind of scary. Just just the fact that they measure. I'm not someone who like is overly concerned with like my personal data because, like, like I get why people are. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying that like I, I think other people are more concerned than I am. What I'm what what's so bizarre to me is how detailed it can be. Like, oh yeah. Like how yeah. like it's it's ins- like to the point of like you know zooming in on pictures or something like that. Like they they're measuring everything. You know it's crazy. Yeah. I, I've gotten to the point where I feel like if you're going to be online, your information is going to be, you're going to be exposed. Like you're exposing yourself and there's very, there's little point in trying to fight that. Right. You know, um, especially if you are going to be yourself online, like we're, we're not like, you know, r- running parody accounts here. So, right. Exactly. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, I, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to watch that whilst drinking, I think. Yeah. We could we could keep going on this topic forever, but let's get to what happened in week five. Uh, and I appreciate you guys listening to us kind of rant about that and talk about it because I think it's important. Uh, quarterback, we had a pretty good week. Teddy Bridgewater, twenty one fantasy points. Justin Herbert, uh, a little over twenty seven fantasy points. He looked really good. Gardner Minshew, about twenty fantasy points. Kirk Cousins kind of laid an egg uh, in the first half, at least. Uh, the second half, he he turned things around. He had fourteen fantasy points. Daniel Jones, our deeper play, he only had eight fantasy points. At tight end, we had Eric Ebron, who had 7.3 points. Drew Sample had 4.2. Chris Herndon, Chris Herndon, Denny, had 4.4. He wasn't, he wasn't nothing. He was better than an empty spot, which we said. Right, exactly. Uh, He also, he also could have had a, wow, I need to say that again. He could have had a better day. Which by that's a perfect example of something that I would re-say on the late round podcast, by the way. Uh Darren Fells had thirteen point seven, as you noted. Ian Thomas was our like deep sleeper. Maybe this happens. It didn't happen. He had zero fantasy points. Uh I think I think did we talk about Logan Thomas last week? He had one point four. Uh defense though was really strong. Houston had eleven, uh Dallas had nine, and the Cardinals had seven. So overall, I would say Given the state of the tight end position, you know, we had one hit at tight end out of like five. Uh, mm. We had th- basically three hits out of four. If you, I mean, Cousins didn't sink you either at quarterback and then all mm-hmm. three defenses hit. So pretty good week last week. Yeah. Love, lo- loving Teddy right now. Loving Teddy. Yeah. Why don't you kick things off at defense, Dennis? Yeah. So the Dolphins play the Jets this week and that's the end of that. No, uh the yeah, so the Dolphins defense playing the Jets at home. Dolphins are available on 97% of waiver wires. Uh honestly, you know, besides getting destroyed by the Colts a few weeks ago, the Jets really haven't allowed uh that many points opposing defenses uh, as far as fantasy goes. Uh, still, you know, we're we're thinking Joe Flacco in negative game script sounds pretty good. That's that's the the thinking behind uh, behind this play, the Dolphins' defense is not particularly good at anything, including rushing the passer, including defending the pass. Uh, but I would say that they have a pretty safe floor here uh, against the Jets, especially if Flacco starts. And I believe, I believe he is, you know, in line to start. Darnold's injury seems um, some somewhat on the serious side, uh, and and I can't imagine that they'll they'll rush him back. But even if honestly, even if Darnold plays, yeah, I think the Dolphins are probably still a, a top streaming defense this week. Yeah, uh, I I think I think the top one is I would play the Giants 
uh, as as the top streaming defense. Um, you know, the, I, I don't think it matters who's under center for Washington either. Um, but yeah. this year, Washington ranks dead last in sack rate allowed. Uh, the Giants, you know, the defense isn't great, but they actually probably have played above expectation this year. They're uh, above average in pressure rate. This game has a really low over-under. Could just be an ugly game in general, and, and the Giants are slight favorites right now. Um, so, I, you know, I, I think that the process shows that really both of these defense, which is you, you can talk about Washington here in a second, but I think both mm. those defenses work. But I'm going to favor the Giants because I just like the matchup a little bit more. Yeah, right, right. And they get the home crowd. I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, so yeah, Washington is is another option. I would definitely say the Giants are the better option because honestly, that Washington offensive line is a disaster. Yeah, um, I, I I've never seen anything quite like it last week with Alex Smith being sacked six times in one half of football. Yeah, was, uh, poor, it was poor, scary. I mean, at least we knew. Alex, at least yeah. we saw his leg hold up. Yeah, I said on the podcast. Uh, it felt like uh, the team was using him as a human shield to, yeah. to protect uh, Kyle Allen because Kyle Allen was ready to go back in. He, you know, he had an arm injury. He was ready to go back in. They kept they kept the guy with the mangled leg out there um, against Aaron Donald. How wild and, is it that Alex Smith played last week? Oh, God. It was uh, I mean, it was excruciating to watch because his, his wife and his kids yeah. are, are up in the stands. Oh, God. But I mean, I mean, good for him. He's our boy. Yeah. You know, he, he's been right. he's been an LTS oh, yeah. staple for so long. Yeah. It was it was really, you know, aside from the fear, it was amazing to watch and see if he yeah, if he doesn't play a snap for the rest of the season, which is probably unlikely that uh, it's probably likely that he will play again. Um, but even if he doesn't, he's done. He's done it like he's completed. Yeah the what he set out to do which is to come back and play in an nfl game and he did it yeah he i mean all right yeah i mean we, we don't call him jesus for nothing yeah <laughs> that's right sorry to the religious folks uh washington at the giants so the over under is actually 43 and a half that's the lowest of the week so far uh the giants give up the most adjusted points to defenses this year uh depending on league scoring and i know that varies according to people on twitter who tell me that defenses scored between two and 47 points depending on scoring but depending on scoring every defense to face the giants has scored at least eight fantasy points uh daniel jones has been sacked at least twice in every game this year and has been like uh, sacked 16 times overall this season so we're talking you know what we're talking about jj we're talking about a sack based floor that's right Dude, Daniel Jones, it's just like every time he gets sacked, you have to fear that he's going to lose the football. Yeah, yeah. What's with that? Yeah, he's just he's he's fumbled more than any other player or any other uh, yeah player uh, since he entered the league. Anyway, let's go to quarterback, yeah. Denny. Uh, I'm going to kick things off with one Andrew Dalton. He is he's now back. he is now the starter for the Dallas Cowboys. I see why am I. Uh, Dak Prescott out for the year. They get Arizona this week. They actually get three straight plus matchups. So I, I don't think, you know, if you're a streamer, I, I think Dalton's going to be fairly safe. Don't expect the same type of pace, the same type of, of passing yeah. volume without Dak. But I do think that given the surroundings, you know, he has arguably the best weapons in football. Uh, Dalton can, can still semi thrive, uh, and, and be fine. Uh, he's probably the best backup in football, right? Like, sure. Yeah. So sure. uh, I mean, he could be starting for 16s. Yeah, right. Uh, this game against Arizona this week uh, has a 54 point over under Dallas has a 25 plus point implied team total. 
And Arizona, in, in terms of adjusted fantasy points against, have been below average against quarterbacks. So I think the process is there. It, sa- it says that Andy Dalton can absolutely work. Um, so I think that he's a, a strong streamer this week. According to many serious NFL analysts out there, Andy Dalton under center for the Cowboys means they can hashtag establish now. How awful is that take? I mean, what is that take? They haven't been able to run because they've been down by three scores the entire season. It's so it's just so egregious that that's the way that that people's brains work. Oh, God, they can get back to their roots. Is this is this so back to our original conversation on the show? Is this one of those times where people are like JJ sucks because the way that we're treating this and we're talking down on, on that type of analysis? Oh, well, I hope not because we're right. <laughs> so, I mean, that's not what I mean. We're, we're absolutely correct in saying that that's that's just nonsense. That there's there's like no numbers based, uh, you know, analysis going into that. That's just saying that the Cowboys used to run the ball in the 90s when they were winning Super Bowls so they can get back to that. I mean, is that what the. <laughs> I, I, I don't know I, how how amazing is it though that in recent history how far south the running backs do matter take has gone like oh, it, oh. it's it's unreal Le'Veon Bell now is trying to get traded or the Jets are trying to trade him right uh Christian McCaffrey has been out for three weeks and the Panthers have been better yes. uh the Sa- Saquon Barkley as a as a pure running back is not nearly as good as people think like just as a player right and obviously the Giants haven't done anything either. I mean, there's just example after example. Todd Gurley ends up going to Atlanta. Now he's he's broken. I mean, he's right. he's decent enough in fantasy, but he's he's. It's just it's wild how bad the running backs do matter takes now look oh. after oh. three or four years. Oh, just the worst, just the absolute worst. Uh, you know the 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 Carolina situation is apocalyptic for the running backs matter. Oh, but, but I mean, Christian McCaffrey just got paid, so he's, he's feeling fine about it. He, he just bought, so, uh, just North of where I live is this town called Mooresville. Uh, cause I live in Charlotte for everyone listening. Uh, but North of me, so I live just North of the city and then North of me and there's Lake Norman, which is like the big lake in Charlotte that people, you know, there's like huge houses on it. It's massive. And mm-hmm. it's like the, it's like a vacation place spot for a lot of people, et cetera. And, and Christian McCaffrey just bought a literal castle on like, oh. like a, a lit, wow. it's like a seven and a half million dollar house. And, and which by the way, in, in, in a, a deep suburb of Charlotte, North Carolina is going to get you a lot. Right. And right. Oh, yeah. it, it's incredible how massive this house is. You guys should look it up while I'm talking well, about this. Well, listen, I, I'm going to, I'm going to talk to Mike Davis uh, here in a few minutes and see if he can move into the castle. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure that that it wouldn't hurt uh, <laughs> to, to to live in a, a fraction of that house. All right, here we go. We're going. We're still we're we're still on quarterbacks, correct? Yes, we are. We've only actually talked about yeah, one. We've only talked about one. It feels like we talked about eight. Uh, Gardner Minshew against the Lions. Uh, this game has the third highest over under the week as of this recording. It's 54 points, which is pretty fantastic. Uh, the Jags are another team, or eight, <laughs> Jags are a team where the vast majority of the yards come through the air, 73% to be precise. That's the fourth most in the league. Uh, Detroit has given up at least 20 fantasy points to every QB they've faced this year. Yes, even the king of dust himself, Drew Brees, scored 20 points against Detroit. Uh, Minshew available 
I'm, I'm actually just reading straight from my notes. I'm not even putting words in there. Minchu available in half of league. So yeah, there you go. I, uh, I'm just picturing when you say Drew Brees is the king of dust that he's like, he has this domain and all, yeah. all of his, his people are dust, like literal he, dust particles. I, I pick every time I picture him in my head, he's, he is covered in dust, like, like a dust bowl farmer. You know, <laughs> really? He looked, he looked really broken in the first half of that game last night. Yeah, I was kind of devastated to see him have some good throws in the second half. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to go back to Kirk Cousins. Uh, there's definitely some fear that Atlanta is just bad. Uh, you got to hope that they their offense can turn things around. Hopefully Julio Jones plays, and that will help mm-hmm. too. Um, I, I think that this line started at like 57, or the over-under, and now it's at like 40, or 54.5. So it's wow. moved down. Uh, but even still, implied total for Minnesota is over 25 points. Um, and, and like I said, we saw a really boring first half uh, with Seattle and Minnesota where Minnesota's defense was actually playing well, which we haven't seen, you know, all season long as I, I, I just burped Denny, by the way. Awesome. Don't edit that out. Do I'm not. not people, people are just going to let, it's just, it's, it's going to be part of this. Uh, so I already, you know, I talked about LPR last podcast. That's part of it. Uh, so where, where was I? I was talking about Seattle and Minnesota. Uh, you're talking about, uh, Kirk Cousins. Yes. The, the Falcons, the, Mike. The, the, the Minnesota defense uh, looked good in the first half, but didn't look as good in the second half. They had to kind of, you know, be a little bit more aggressive and, and open up the passing game a little bit in the second half. And that's where Kirk Cousins uh, was able to, to, you know, get a little bit more fantasy points and, and show that he does have some sort of ceiling. So if this game does indeed shoot out, which is possible, given what we know about Atlanta's offense and what it can be, uh, that should make Cousins a decent enough streamer. I think that he'll have like a 13, 14 point floor, though. Yeah, I guess the concern, and I've, you're hinting at the, the concern is that uh, the Vikings will just own the libs uh, with 100 running plays against yeah, the yeah. Because... yeah, the other thing I should note is that Atlanta, as a matchup, is the worst, uh, or, or sorry, the best for quarterbacks, but they're the right. worst in adjusted points allowed to quarterbacks. Or I guess they're the best in adjusted points allowed <laughs> to quarterbacks. Always, always tough to figure that one out. I mean, teams can do whatever they want against the Atlanta. That's defense. what I'm really trying to say. And and if Minnesota is given the choice, we all know which one they'll they'll go with. Yeah. Um, uh, Fitzpatrick, Ryan Fitzpatrick, coming off his annihilation of the 49ers, uh, plays the Jets. The Dolphins are eight point home favorites with a 27.75 point implied total. Uh, this is the same Jets defense. You may remember that allowed 20 points to Brett Rippon a couple weeks ago. Uh, quarterbacks have been very efficient against the Jets, averaging eight yards per attempt. That's the second highest mark in the league. Almost 72% of Miami's offensive yardage this year has come through the air. That's seventh in the league. Uh, Fitz is available on 79% of waiver wires. Now, now Minshew is available in half of leagues. I, you know, and Fitzpatrick is still out there in, in eight out of 10 leagues. I don't, I don't get that, but I think Fitzpatrick is, is the, is the play here. Yeah. Yeah. Fitzpatrick, Ryan Fitzpatrick, this is a, a rich rebar special. Ryan Fitzpatrick since taking back the job in Miami last year, week seven has been the QB three in fantasy football. Get out. Yeah. He's been, wow. he's been unbelievable. So All right. yeah, Fitz, Fitz should just be rostered in general. Um, By the way, I, I mean, since we're going to go for three hours in today's podcast, I might as well bring this yeah. up. Uh, I had Josh, yeah. I have Josh Allen in a lot of leagues and I have him in my neighborhood league. Um, and I was contemplating benching him, uh, this week because of the, the Tuesday game, which has not yeah. happened yet. 
uh, we're recording this before that game. And uh, I was going to play Ryan Fitzpatrick instead of Josh Allen, and I decided not to at the last second, the very last second. Mm. Fortunately, <laughs> fortunately, though, I only need Josh Allen to get one and a half fantasy points to win. Um, okay. So please don't get hurt tonight, Josh Allen. I think I think you're good. By the way, I, I read some some real football analysis that I think could be useful to us going forward. Uh, the 49ers are getting no pressure on, on the quarterback because of their uh, defensive injuries. Yeah. And it, 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 it's, it's made it so that the team, that the front seven can't compensate for the massive amount of injuries to the secondary. They have yeah. a lot of practice squad players going in most weeks. Eventually, I guess they'll, they'll get healthy in the secondary. But for right now, it's no, no pressure. It's a weak secondary. It's you know something, something to consider uh, going forward, at least for the next couple of weeks. The last streamer, uh, he might not be available in your league. Actually, I'm not saying that sarcastically. Uh, but but Ryan Tannehill, he's playing tonight. This is clearly being recorded before that game is played, so I don't know if he gets hurt or not. I hope he doesn't. Um, but Tennessee gets Houston this week. The Texans, they've been relatively average against quarterbacks, but I would expect this game to have a reasonable over-under uh, considering you know tonight's game against the Bills is a 51-point uh, over-under according to FanDuel Sportsbook. I, I don't think they've they've put this next game on the board yet. Uh, at least Fandle Sportsbook doesn't have it, so I don't know what the over-under would look like. But I would expect a Texans-Titans game to have like a 52 or 53-point over-under. Um, so we're going to see a decent amount of points. Uh, A.J. Brown is now playing tonight. He's healthy. Uh, you know, Hopefully, you know, they're, they're, they are able to click like they were last year. So I think Tannehill works against Houston as well. For sure. Yeah, I, I don't see the points posted either. So Yeah, all right. Yeah. Uh, all right, so tight end, Denny. Let's go through these quick. Okay, uh, me first. You, yeah, you go first. We're, first. Off, we're off to a good this, start. Yeah. This is a well-oiled machine. You say what you want about living the stream, but it is well-oiled. Jimmy Graham. Okay, look, we're not working with much this week, so give us a break. Uh, Jimmy Graham. The Bears are at Carolina. Uh, Jimmy Graham has a 14% target share this year. That's second on the team to Allen Robinson, who has a 69% target share. Uh, only six tight ends have run more pass routes than Jimmy Graham this year. Somehow, uh, it's a rough matchup. Admittedly, Carolina allows the fourth fewest schedule-adjusted points to opposing tight ends. But we're, you know, like I said, not working with a whole lot this week. Uh, Graham is still available in 60% of leagues. I have Cameron Brait. Uh, I think this is a little bit dependent on Chris Godwin's injury, um, but OJ Howard's out. So last week in the first game without Howard, Brait had a 15% target share. Um, there is some risk though, because Gronk still ran 28 routes versus Brait's 18. 18 is not that high of a number. Um, so I- I'm not, I'm not like super, super interested. I think he's a deeper play, but guys mm. literally like we might have to cut the tight end segment off of living the stream soon. <laughs> Like I, that's not even like hyperbole. Like we might, we might have to just be done with it because the tight end position sucks so much. Yeah, I mean, you, you gotta have landed on somebody by now, right? Ho- hopefully, I mean, you know. it's just it's it's rough. All right, go yeah. ahead, Denny. Uh, the Texans' tight ends. We're not sure about Jordan Aikens for this week. He he suffered a concussion two weeks ago on a on a vicious headshot from what's his name for the Vikings. Um, but, uh, if he doesn't go, you know, it would be Darren Fells. If Aiken goes, assuming that he resumes his, you know, pass catching duties in that Houston offense, it would be him. Um, so that just keep that, keep them in mind. I think for deeper leagues, Aiken's if he's, if he's healthy, 
Fells if Aikens is out. Fells is not in play if Aikens plays, just, just to be clear. Uh, Darren Fells last week ran 27 routes, caught both targets that he saw for 57 yards uh, and a touchdown. And I, w- I just want to say quickly about Aikens. He's top five among tight ends in expected fantasy points. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, uh, fantasy points over expectation. Uh, so he's he's been very efficient in his uh, limited opportunities. Lastly, there's Irv Smith, my boy, who has not done anything this year. Uh, but last year was the first, or last year, last week was the first time that we saw Irv Smith uh, play more, as as much more as he did than Kyle Rudolph. He ran seven more routes than Rudolph. He had a 13% target share. This is a beatable Falcons defense in terms of adjusted fantasy points against the tight ends. Tight end sucks. Play Irv Smith if you're very, very, very desperate. All right, uh, to recap, Jimmy Graham, Texans, tight ends, Cameron Brait, Irv Smith, Gardner Minshew, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Ryan Tannehill, Andy Dalton, Kirk Cousins, Washington football team, Miami Dolphins, and the New York Giants. Denny, you ready to yes. uh, to go to Twitter? Let's do, yeah, I thought you were going to say you're ready to get a milkshake, and I was like, whoa, 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 we have one, no. one more thing. I'm still, I'm still on my, my low-acid diet, too, Denny. Can't can't be can't be going after those things. Uh, and by the way, I got so many emails from people. It was amazing uh, about the the LPR stuff that I talked about last week. Right, I've been right, I've I'm been sure. so I've been so serious on the show the last couple of weeks, guys. It's just been it's it's I don't like it. I don't I, I need to change. I I told you that you would get an insane response, not insane, a, overwhelming response. Oh yeah, I got uh, it. I got from... it. I got at least twenty emails. Yeah, yeah. I, I figured that was something that people were like, oh, yeah, that's exactly what I'm dealing with. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, I'm already paranoid about how we opened the, sh- the show and then, like, talking about this. We need to we need to loosen up a bit. Yeah, let's loosen up. But, All yeah. right. At Mana Dork. I've been on a keto diet. Oh, my God. Now we're talking about diets. No, been on a keto diet since May, and I've lost 35 pounds. Hey, hey, claps. Great job. There you go. Uh, yesterday, clap. it dawned on me that I haven't eaten spaghetti in almost six months. What's the longest you've gone without eating spaghetti? Oh man, what do you think? I mean, yourself? I've gone, I've gone since July at least right now. So I'm, I'm, okay. I'm getting there. But that's only that's based on what I'm dealing with too. My diet. I, I mean, I, I imagine that I maybe have come close to the six month mark yeah. without spaghetti. I mean, my mom used to make it all the time, so definitely not when I was a kid. But when I moved out of her basement, uh, I think. You know, I think I probably have gone, probably have gone six months. I don't know. The thing with the the, the, the keto diet, isn't it, uh, isn't the thing, the downside where you, when you go back to eating regularly, uh, your body freaks out or am I misunderstanding that? I don't want to say, I, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Okay. I, I'm, I'm, I don't want to say something that, that, you know, either right. tilts people or puts them in the place in the wrong direction. But I just, I, I know that my... I mean, from personal anecdotal experience, and that's what we do here on the show is pure sure. anecdotal evidence. Uh, uh, both of my parents used the 90s version of the keto diet, which was called the Atkins diet. Right. At the time, they both lost a ton of weight. And as soon as they had one bite of uh, bread, they gained it all back. I don't know. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't I'm, I've, I sound discouraging, but it's just I'm very skeptical of that whole thing i got you uh speaking of spaghetti uh, well first off by the way mana dork like major congrats on losing 35 pounds that's amazing. yeah i don't want yeah. to take that away that's all yeah, I, I know i just want to bring that up so that you were you know you're aware that denny believes that too uh <laughs> <laughs> denny's not that horrible of a person uh 
But the other, have you ever heard? You know the song "Lose Yourself." Eminem's "Lose Yourself." Do I know? Do are you are you really asking me that? Okay, yeah, I know. Uh, okay, I hope that white. Okay, Jeez. okay, okay, okay. No, that is white. That's like the whitest thing imaginable. I mean, but I'm not that okay. Boomer, then. I mean, okay. I, boomer's better. Know, like boomer's I'm 80 better. years old. Boomer's better. If if you're if you have lose yourself on your running playlist, which I do, you are white. You're a white dad if you have oh, that yeah. on your running playlist. Uh, you're, you're right. I, I forget how long how old that song is or how long that ago that movie was. Yeah, years. right. Well, have you ever heard the parody like the 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 remix of it? I shouldn't say parody per se. The the remix of it where <laughs> the whole all of the lyrics they just throw in mom spaghetti into the song randomly like, i think over I and have. over again one of the I funniest think, one of the funniest yeah. videos on the internet it's it's very that is very much my humor <laughs> very much uh, next next question is from at sad melander uh, i feel like it's been a while since we got an update on jj's dog hmm. how is henry and how does avery get along with him my dog wouldn't leave my my either of my son's side for months after we got back from the hospital. Yeah, Avery and Henry love each other. Uh, it's great. He's, he's getting old, though. Uh, you know, I think there's some he's got some issues right now, as, as mm. many double-digit aged dogs go through. So, you know, hopefully he can get through that. But he's, he's been a good, a, a good dog. He gets kind of annoying sometimes because he still barks whenever, you know, there's noise outside. But mm-hmm. he's a typical good pup. So, so she, she w- never was afraid of the dog or anything. No, no, she she gets yeah. afraid. She's afraid of bigger dogs, though, in general. Like, if they're walking down the street, she loves looking at them and will, you know, well, look at the cute puppy and stuff like that. But uh, when they get close, then she's just, you know, she wants to be picked up and stuff. I was I was running the other day, and, and there was a, a, an old lady, maybe, I don't know, four foot ten, 90 pounds, uh, holding the leash of the biggest freaking pit bull I've ever seen in my life. This pit bull had had rippling muscles okay yeah and like veins coming out yeah yeah it looks like it looks like it trains okay it looks like it goes (laughs) to the gym and and i'm running and i'm thinking oh my god lady you can't stop that dog from coming after me and you know his his head turns when i pass him and i'm like preparing myself i could feel my adrenaline pumping you know thinking of of what's going to happen this lady has no chance this dog will drag that lady to hell if he wants to uh, it just, it freaked me out. Nothing happened, but it freaked me out. That's like when when like like seven year olds are are walking these like 120 pound dogs. Like what what they they weigh like a quarter of the dog. <laughs> like what what are they what are they gonna do when the dog goes after something? There's no there's no point in that. I know. Yeah. Uh, this next question is from at Swervin Swervin. Uh, since this is now the second, Min- I never get that right. Since this, is, <laughs> <laughs> since this is now the second Minnesota Vikings uh, focused podcast I listen to, is there an inverse correlation between how skeptical a coach is of going for it on fourth down and how likely they are to convert it? I feel like the the conservative coaches get screwed the most. So, so I feel the same way. It's kind of, kind of interesting, yeah. Like the the teams that you know, like Doug Peterson has been generally smart with the analytics and like going for too early and it seems like they always convert they always get it right and then mike zimmer but mike zimmer Zimmer, no he's not gonna get it and then no then those people who you know those coaches who are semi-anti doing that uh then they you know they they get their bias because it didn't work that time so it's not gonna work moving forward 
That's right. I, I, I dread when Mike Zimmer actually goes for it on fourth down and misses it because I know he's thinking the freaking nerds made me do that. Yeah. I can't believe it. And he's bitter and he's building up this bias against going for it and being aggressive and doing what he's supposed to do. But here's the thing. A lot of those conservative coaches make conservative dumb play calls on fourth and one or fourth and two or whatever. Yeah. And so they do a full bag dive on fourth and two and they don't get it. And then they're like, see, see. And you're like, no, hold up, Mike Zimmer. Did you mean to not convert that? Right. Was that intentional so that you could continue to not to not be aggressive on exactly. that? Because that was that was a terrible play call. Yeah, I mean, like Madison missed the play. Like he missed he missed the hole in that play. But then on top of that, so the other thing too, obviously, everything has been just so reactionary with that. Like like yeah. if they if they convert, we're not having this conversation right now, right? right. Uh and so, but the other thing too, is that I believe I, I haven't really dug into this that much. So anyone listening to this, who's part of the analytics community, you, you'll have a better answer than me. Cause I, I didn't really mm-hmm. look into it, but I believe the, the actual probability and the, the, the change, uh, and, and win probability going for it and not going for it uh, and kicking the field goal, what was fairly even, like it wasn't that egregious for either, either approach. Right. Sure. Um, I would have gone for it. And, yeah, and I think too. I think that process wise, it made total sense. But the people who are yelling about it are the people who don't understand process versus results. Why why run a why run a reverse to Adam Thielen on third down? What is that? Yeah, that, I mean, that, yeah, there's that's a, that's to me that's a scared call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, next question is from at birdie underscore tweets thoughts on Schultz this week and rest of season. I thought our boy had graduated from the ranks mm-hmm. of streamer to be my every week tight end, but now I'm not so sure with a DAC injury. I think that's the right take, right? Like, yeah. like for instance, I think before this past week, I would have said Dalton Schultz over Austin Hooper, but now he- Austin Hooper is getting more involved uh, you know, the offense obviously is a little bit conservative, but I think we're going to see a more conservative Dallas offense. I would probably yeah. just take, I would almost definitely just take Hooper over Dalton Schultz. I mean, Schultz is not, I mean, he's basically operating as a, as a slot receiver, catching a bunch of short passes. So really in standard leagues, if you're a cave person, you're not really, you shouldn't be too interested in, in Schultz and PPR. I, I still think he might be interesting. He still ran 29 routes last week uh, yeah. against the, the giants. So he's, he's in there. He's, the main tight end for that offense. Um, but if they do get more conservative, that that obviously would be an issue for him. Yeah, he's a hold for now to see kind of what happens. But I would argue that he went from being like a, a tight end, like seven to nine rest of season to like a tight end 12 or like tight end 11 or something. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, next question at FF take machine as a diehard Dak and Cowboys fan. How do you get through the rest of the season after what happened? Asking for myself. Mm-hmm. Haven't watched a second of football since it happened. Look, it was, that was one of the few injuries that we see in football where it's like kind of moving, you know, like, like you, you actually are like incredibly sad about it. And look, I, I, I feel terrible for any player who gets injured. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I think it's, it's horrific. Um, but with Dak and, and clearly, I mean, the reaction from the team and what he means for those players and the team and his emotion, like all of that together it was just a very, very sad scene. And then on top of that, him not getting that long-term deal this offseason, it yeah. just it just kind of sucked. Yeah, oh, it's, it's the worst of all worlds. And I think anybody who tries to say, oh, th- this is, you know, to paint this as a positive in some way, it's not. It's, it's, it's all bad. It's yeah. all bad, you know, for him. And 
uh, I, I feel for him. I, I wrote a lot about his contract situation and, uh, you know, what this means and kind of the public perception of all that uh, in, in the kicker column this week, which is on the Patreon page. Uh, as a fan, I, I, you know, if you really are a fan of the team, I think you, you still, you continue watching. I mean, eventually I'm sure Dak will be back on the sidelines cheering on, you know, his, yeah. his, his teammates. Um, it might not be as bad as you think. I mean, like I said, like we said, if you have to have a backup come in for the rest of the season, it, it's gotta be Andy Dalton. Like he's, yeah. the, he's the one. Yeah, I I mean, and that division sucks. They could easily still make the playoffs. Yeah, they could they could win six games and, and make the playoffs. Right. Uh, next question is from at Didymus. Which holiday has taken the greatest hit due to COVID? Denny will say that it's Halloween because he's Denny Carter the thirteenth. But Jeff Fisher Day last summer sucked without any preseason NFL. Will we even have a Super Sunday next year? Uh, mm. I, I mean, it's going to be different. I think the NFL playoffs are for sure. What what holiday do you th- do? You, do you think Halloween is taking the biggest hit because of the interaction? Yeah, well. Because I would argue, I would argue that it's Thanksgiving. Well, I mean, the one you know community event that you get to do on you know on Halloween is canceled. It's canceled like me online. I mean, it's it's yeah. it's done. It's finished. Like nobody is going to be trick or treating, right. and right. Yeah, and rightfully so. I'm not I'm not encouraging people to do it. It seems like it's like a stupid thing to do right now. Uh, it's on a Saturday sake. It's that's, it's just the worst. God, we are yeah. absolutely cursed. Yeah. That's, 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 that's bad. That's bad. But I will say, I, I think that, you know, like, like you could argue like Christmas too and stuff, but I think Thanksgiving is the holiday where so many families get together, like more yeah, so yeah. than what we see from Christmas. So as a result of that, that's likely not going to happen as much or it will. And then bad things might happen, but you're right as a holiday, because like the holiday literally is going to be canceled. Yeah. Like, I mean, with, with, with Thanksgiving, I, obviously you can't do this if, you know, depending on which part of the country you live in, but at least you could get together outdoors and maybe, right. eat, you know, right. eat a little yeah. something. Or I don't at least know. Ha- you can still celebrate with your immediate family yeah. too. You know, like the right. family that you live with. So yeah. But, I, I, I but like, I, I can't have my damn Halloween party. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and, uh, I'm, and I'm not going to like dress up and, and, I'm not going to dress up. I mean, I'm not, there's no, there, there's no point. I mean, basically God, not to be uh, dramatic about it, but God has abandoned us. Obviously. <laughs> uh, this next question is from at the Scotty Bofva. Uh, please discuss and expand on the feel component to fantasy and rankings that late round QB covered in Friday's mailbag episode of the late round podcast. That topic seemed deep enough for the LTS real estate. Thanks. So Denny, what I talked about on the show was uh, rankings fantasy rankings. I generally don't like rankings because I think that they're consumed improperly. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And and essentially like the difference between like the wide receiver 30 to the wide receiver 50 in rankings is so slim. Like it's, it's not that significant. And <clears throat> what I was getting at with uh, my answer was that there's, there's going to be some form of subjectivity, not only when people are building rankings, but mm-hmm. when you're using rankings to make start sit choices there, there's just a there's a feel component to it. Like there, there, there can't not be because you're not you're not projecting like fantasy projections. If you want to go that route and look at it really, uh, you know, process oriented in a process oriented way and look at it numerically, uh, you have a process, sure, but it's not like you're hitting like at a 99 percent rate. It's not like you like there's so much variance with even projections. So right. admitting that there's a feel component to this, I don't think is that big of a deal. 
Like, I, I think that it's totally oh. normal that there's a field component because there's so much natural variance in football. If your projection spits out one guy is going to score nine points and the other guy's going to score seven points, that mm-hmm. does not mean that you automatically need to play the guy who's going to score nine fantasy points. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. And that's really what I was trying to get at is that there are certain situations where like, you know, one week you just have this gut feel. And to me, you know, what your gut is telling you is often, you know, there's some something in, in your brain that's saying, you know, oh, this has, there's this matchup that's happening. There's that matchup mm-hmm. that's happening mm-hmm. that you just haven't fully consciously realized. Right. Or, or there's that injury, uh, right. you know, maybe a, a, a change at quarterback, maybe um, an, an increase in the over under, you know, something along those lines, like little factors that play into it. Yeah. Yeah. So there's just, that's all I meant by the, the answer on that show. Uh, next question is uh, at Mr. Chris Traub. Uh Why is Denny's socialist king, Justin Jackson, out producing Joshua Kelly? Sincerely, a capitalist who wears a run the damn ball hat. Oh. <laughs> this is my, my friend, Mr. Tr- Mr. Traub, who is a good and decent patron and a buddy. He's owning me online. But yeah, Justin Jackson, I mean, he, he played way more than uh, Kelly last night. He did. Yeah, he, 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 was, he saw more rushes on the ground, had definitely the bigger target share. Um, and, he, you know, Anthony Lynn said, I'm sorry to interrupt, but Anthony Lynn said a few days ago, we're going to get Justin Jackson much more involved in this offense. And it sounded like coach speak, but apparently it was not. Yeah. Next question, at number one punna. Went to a pumpkin patch this weekend and saw a married couple with shirts that say uh, shirts that sangs on it, like her rock and his piece. What? If you guys went to a place together and wore themed T-shirts, <laughs> what would your sayings be? And then his suggestions, which I like, I don't think we can come up with anything as good as this on the fly because what he said is the hair and the head, <laughs> which is good because my head's so big, and then. The other one was the analyst and the owned. <laughs> but I've never been owned, so I don't, I don't get I, it. I think I would be the one who's been wearing the owned one, given that Reddit threads. So. Right. I'm, I, uh, I'm, I'm struggling to understand the joke, seeing that I've never been owned online or offline. Yeah. Uh, this next one's from at Eric Serkin. Please settle a debate. Is Monday or Friday the only legitimate home pickup trash day of the week? I believe it's Monday post-weekend. My buddy believes it's Friday pre-weekend. Uh, it's Friday. It's fr- You're right. And that's, that's my trash day. Yeah, me too. Oh my God. We're, we're yeah. trash day buddies. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm running after the, the, uh, the trash truck at, uh, 8am on Friday morning. Yeah. It's, it's easily Friday. You want it, you want everything to be clean for the weekend. That's right. That's right. I mean, there, there's no, no doubt about that. We, we don't even have to argue over it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next question at Chris underscore Riley underscore FFB. Before working in the industry, how did you guys deal with the people who sent you 69,420 start sick questions each week because you were the quote fantasy guy? I still get that. So. I, I get it. I get it. I mean, I, I'm not calling anyone out here because I, I, I like the people that text me and, and so on, but I won't lie. There are a handful of people that only talk to me about fantasy football throughout my life like that, yeah. that will text me only about fantasy and not during the off season. I have a, a former high school teacher. Now remember folks, I graduated high school in the year 2001. Okay? Oh, so, so this guy's like 69 years old. Yeah, exactly. And I am pretty much too. So, but he, yeah, I mean, the only communication we've had since then is fantasy football related. Uh, and it's, it's amazing. It, the, the consistency is, is quite amazing. Yeah. I still get a lot of those. Do I respond to all of them? 
Uh, I don't, but uh, a lot of them are family. So it is, uh, it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really hate it either. Like I, I no, get it, either. you know, yeah. it's just one of those things where I, I, I get why they want to ask me and like, I don't mind, you know, going back to our original discussion today. I, I don't, I don't like, I'm never going to message them back and be like, why don't you talk to me during the off season? That's <laughs> like literally, literally the last thing that I would ever do. Oh man. That I, I'm going to need at least two communications, non fantasy related per year. If I'm <laughs> yeah. going to, if I'm going to tell you whether to start Mike Williams next week. Yeah, exactly. I will say this. I get irritated when people ask me a start sick question. I answer that question and then they said, well, have you considered X, Y, Z bro? Bro, don't even. Don't yeah. I, I I know what I'm answering right now. I get it, okay? I've thought about that. I promise you I've thought about that. You gave me the options. I gave you an answer. This is literally the only thing I think about. So <laughs> yeah, right. just go with it. Well, have you considered that X, Y, and Z is sitting uh-huh. in this game? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, actually I did. That goes through my head when I answered these That's questions. Right. That's right. Uh, next one, at ndutton13, our buddy Neil You've been kidnapped. Your captors are allowing you to retain your phone to keep up the illusion that you are safe. What would you suddenly start tweeting about to let the outside world you know that you were know that you were in trouble? Um, yeah, I, I saw this, and I, I think the one the one thing just just based on my uh, following, I, I, well, two things really. One, I would I would tweet uh, that running backs that the running back position matters. Yeah. Uh, and then the other one would be that the invisible hand of the marketplace is good and just. <laughs> I wouldn't tweet that. And people See, would prob- immediately call the cops. Yeah, but the, the, the problem is if like both of us are fairly sarcastic, right? So when when we would tweet something like that, I mean, it would just be taken as, oh, they're just they're just joking again. Right. Like, yeah, oh like, God, like, I right. think, I think that the one, like seriously, what we would have to tweet if we're be, if we're taking this completely serious, right? Uh-huh. We would have to tweet something like "I hate my family" or something like that, <laughs> like something so right. egregiously bad where people would be like, "Wait mm-hmm. a second, wait, why is he tweeting this?" Yeah, wow. Yeah, I mean, you, that I, yeah, you're right. I think my sarcasm would backfire, and I would never, no one would ever know that I've been captured and I, I was being held by you know people. That's that's right, true. right. Uh, this next question is from at it's Spencer Ray. Why does JJ pronounce coffee caffy? Do I do I pronounce it caffeine? You don't. I mean, it's a little. You have a little. Maybe it's a Pennsylvania thing. I don't know. It's I, a look, little I get off, it. It's like, it's off. like I don't want to say off, but Pittsburgh's close enough to like Michigan and stuff where there's yeah. probably some of that in me. I know that there is some of that in me, but I don't. I'm not like a caffy. Like I don't need. Like I'm not like that. You're, come, you're not. You're not saying Spencer. Uh, come um, on. Some, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's not saying caffy. I do say Jared Golf though, and I cannot say Jared. Gah. I don't know how do you say it? Jared Goff? Goff golf. Golf. <laughs> golf. There's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of that though that I that I do notice when I'm recording the lay round podcast for sure. Um this ne- this next one's at David we're gonna go through these quickly. At Davis Nguyen TMN, is Sean Payton's use of Taysom Hill just Sean Payton doing a bit? <laughs> it has to be a bit you're right it has to be it has to be a pete Overzet style bit where you can't even tell like like eventually you just yeah. you're just it just overwhelms the personality of the person and you're just right. like well that's who he is that's who <laughs> exactly. he is he's doing he's doing a four-year bit he has a 30 year old uh you know tight end slash wide receiver slash quarterback coming in to win the game it's 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 a crazy bit but i love it 
it's amazing though that everyone trashes Taysom Hill and then he scores that touchdown yesterday. Yeah, I, God, I've never I've never hated a, a touchdown more than that one. We're gonna this this last question is from at TTE seven twenty. Where does AJ Green's post interception run in quotes? Oh rank on the dad running scale did you i mean i'm assuming you saw that right yeah oh yeah yes i did aj green aj green's one of the most tilting players in the league like he he he, he's notoriously quit on plays throughout his career he's he's always like like he's so good don't get me wrong he just he he always has these moments where he's like not physical enough and like not and like that 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 was the most degaff move that i've seen in the league so far this year Oh man! And even the running before the pass. I mean, he he had no interest in running that route for whatever reason, and it it was it was amazing to watch. Yeah, I mean, I I think like, like you know the retirement tweets. Like he he's he's basically uh, has retired. Well, on the bench, he was saying, "Just trade me." He was, right? Yeah, he was yeah. The, the, the lips. Yeah. yeah the, the the lip reader. Yeah, um, just trade me. Yeah, I mean, I hope he does get traded. That would be fun for for my boy T Higgins. Yeah. Anyway. He's he's All my right. boy. He's by the way, he's my boy because I have him on a lot of dynasty rosters. That, that oh, okay. I don't know why I said my boy like that. Like I've been <laughs> I've been like so touting T Higgins more than anyone else. He just he had such a weird ADP in, in rookie drafts and he was always just there, so I just drafted him a lot and yeah. and now I have him a lot. All right, Denny. He's, he's no baby tron. Let's, let's he's yeah, he's, he's not he's not like baby tron. All right, Denny, where can everyone find you? Yeah, at CD Carter 13 on Twitter. Join the Patreon and get access to my kicker column, uh, which is beefy this week. And I don't know why I said beefy, but I did. Uh, I also write for Roto World, in case you didn't know. I can be found on Twitter at Late Round QB. I'm sure that I'll be live tweeting the game tonight because that's when when I tweet the most is is during Island games. Uh, So I will be on Twitter at Late Round QB. My other podcast, the Late Round Podcast, can be found anywhere podcasts can be found. Uh, Denny, I I can I can have like graham crackers. You want to go get some graham crackers? I actually freaking love graham crackers, dude. So that's let's, that let's, has let's been my that. that has been my like go to because they don't oh, affect me. Man. I I I can eat a whole box of graham crackers in three days. They are legit. Love them. So good. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. It's uh, 2.22 p.m. in the only legitimate time zone on planet Earth, the Eastern time zone, and our guy, Alex Q. Smith IV, is in the game for Washington. Uh, This comes after he was made the number two quarterback since Dwayne Haskins has been hashtag canceled. Kyle Allen started this game, you know, performed exactly like you would expect, and then was destroyed by Jalen Ramsey, who speared him with his helmet, like Jalen Ramsey always does. And uh, he had to leave the game. Allen did. And Alex Smith comes in, first time since November 2018, since that gruesome leg injury. And he just got swallowed up by four Rams, including Aaron Donald. I, I cannot watch this. This is... This is the the most nerves I've felt watching a player play. I, I don't know since since I was a kid, you know, since I cared about the. Oh my God, Aaron Donald jumps on this guy's back. I'm not blaming him. I mean, he, you know, Donald's just playing football, but he he's actually Aaron Donald jumps on Alex Smith's back and rides him down. I 
I, I don't I don't know if I can if I can like stomach this. Uh, I get I guess he's okay. I mean he's moving around okay, but like he doesn't have a lower half of his leg, whichever leg was injured. He like he he had to have half of his leg replaced. Uh, they keep flashing to his wife and his kids sitting in the stands. And I, I don't, I don't want to see them right now. I mean, the, his wife is, you know, looks like on the verge of a nervous breakdown. And who can, who can blame her? Who can blame her? I can't believe he's, I cannot believe Alex Smith is in this game. I am tilting. It's uh, 2.28. Here are some roster moves that I had to make uh, just before kickoff. I had to take Julio Jones out and put in Dontrell Inman. That's right. Julio Jones out, and then you take Dontrell Inman and you you put him in the lineup. I had to do that. I also, in another league, had to remove Julio and put in Jeff Smith, who is a, a receiver for the Jets. I had to, to do that. I... I don't I don't understand how much worse it can get for zero RB this year. We're gonna write it off uh, to volatility. But it doesn't change the fact that I am tilting. It's uh two forty seven PM and I am now flipping between my uh, Twitter feed, my DFS scores, and a New York Times article on COVID causing brain fog and uh, I don't know which of the three is tilting me more the fact that I don't have any exposure to Henry Ruggs or as everybody on my timeline calls him Henry Riggs which definitely is not driving me insane Uh, I don't know if it's that I don't know if it's the fact that uh, Antonio Gibson had like eight touches in the first quarter only to be replaced by McKissick in the second quarter and my DFS winnings are slowly dwindling or if it's the fact that uh, the lasting effects of COVID include according to people in a study uh, brain fog so intense they cannot remember where they are or even who they are everything's going well is what I'm saying I am tilting it's uh, 3.33 p.m. in the only legitimate time zone. I always have the question, you know, kind of uh, hovering above all of my Steelers-related lineup decisions. Who is Pittsburgh's number one receiver? And coming into today, I, I firmly believe that to be uh, Deontay Johnson. It now seems that Chase Claypool is the number one receiver, which is fine. I mean, you know, Johnson is out. Is, you know, opportunity opened up for Claypool. Claypool is performing really well, has had a huge day and got a 33-yard reception taken off the board. So the thing that I I never question is, is Juju Smith-Schuster the number one receiver in Pittsburgh? That's that's the one thing I don't consider. And and who can? Who can? Um... Disastrous. It's disastrous for those of us who who excitedly took him at ADP this summer 
really bleak, really bleak stuff. Uh, it's He's the perma number two receiver for the Steelers, and I absolutely hate it. I'm tilting. It's uh, 6.40 p.m. in the Eastern Time Zone, and something horrific has befallen Dak Prescott. His ankle and foot are pointed in the wrong direction. It's uh, harrowing, to say the least. Just it's just an awful scene. Uh, one of the one of those injuries where you know players are are running away, like like ask getting the uh, training staff to come out into the field. Like, eh, those kind of injuries are really really difficult to to see, and I hope I never actually have to watch that again. Just on a personal note, but Tony Romo had a really weird response to this uh, catastrophic Dak Prescott injury. Uh, Tony Romo said the following. I, I am paraphrasing. I'm trying to remember exactly what it was, but it was something like this. You gotta hope, if you're a Cowboys fan, that it's just a cramp. That's what he said. I, I'm, not, I'm not making it up, and I'm not making light of it. I'm not joking around. I mean, Tony Romo's response to seeing Prescott grab for his leg. Now, I guess, I guess, you know, guys do grab for like their, their, their calf or their hamstring when it, when they tighten up, they they do that grabbing and, and we've seen that. We know what that looks like, but the, uh, the angle of the foot may have, may have been, it may have been a tip off. As to the extent of of the injury, also, I believe C.D. Lamb and and two other Cowboys players had their hands on their heads. Uh, people don't do that for, you know, for a calf cramp. Uh, and and Romo says you gotta hope it's a cramp. It's a cramp. I, I know. Look, Dak is the guy who ended Tony Romo's career. I'm sure that there's some issue there. I'm sure Tony Romo doesn't love the thought that Dak Prescott came in and turned Tony Romo into dust. He doesn't like that. Maybe he should have just let Jim Nance take it from there. Maybe they should have just turned down Tony Romo's mic for that one. It's just, it's one thought. I don't don't know what Romo could, could have been thinking to say, Hopefully it's a cramp. If you're a Cowboys fan, you're hoping it's just a cramp. Oh my God. It's not a cramp. Romo, what are you doing? I'm tilting. Thank you for listening to Live in the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long, it's fast. For more fantasy football info, check out LakeGroundQB.com. Hope you come back soon as we share about the team.